0: our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, on this first Sunday after Christmas, as we continue to celebrate the gift of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, remind us that you sent him into this world in the right time, in the perfect time to shatter all of human history and intrude into our lives with the message of Jesus, Savior of all nations. We pray by your spirit, turn our hearts to Jesus. Turn the hearts of people in our lives and in our world, in our culture, and our society to the truth of the word made flesh. Be with us, we pray as we share that word in our lives by word and by deed. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been singing about it all morning. The name of Jesus. Our gospel lesson from Luke chapter 2 tells us of the wonderful account of Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus into the temple area on the eighth day. And typically it was the eighth day where circumcision was celebrated and the name of the child was revealed. It's interesting in our text that the name of Jesus is never mentioned. And yet we go back and we remember, we go back to that time when the angel visited Mary and subsequently Joseph and reminded them that this male child, this child of God shall be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. In our epistle lesson today, Paul reminds us that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. When the fullness of time had come. It's an interesting phrase when you think about it because from our perspective, time continues to unfold. The fullness of it has not yet even been revealed. And yet, what these words are telling us is that at the right time, in the right place, Christ came. And that Christ himself, in all of his fullness, defines the time in which we live. For Christ is here, and he is with us, Emmanuel. He is the fullness of time for us. He embraced human flesh, being born as a woman. He was born under the law, just as all of us are, to be one like us. But he came for a specific reason. To make us his. To go to a cross and to suffer and die for our sins. That we might be covered with his righteousness and adopted into the family. I was reading this text a couple of days ago again. And it reminded me that Jesus himself was adopted. Adopted by his earthly father, Joseph, and raised by Joseph, taught the trade of carpentry, raised in the word, an heir of Joseph to inherit the throne of his father David. And just as Joseph took one who was not his own and made him his own, God takes us. And he adopts us by the waters of baptism and the power of the word of the gospel, the word made flesh working in our hearts and in our lives and makes us joint heirs with Jesus. Now, that's an interesting concept. Joint heirs. Because you see, Under the Jewish understanding of things, it was the eldest son who inherited the lion's share of everything. And the rest of the kids, well, not so much. But here we become heirs of our our Heavenly Father. We're adopted into his family and he gives to us the fullness of salvation. You see, because we are declared sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. We acknowledge that in baptism when we say receive the sign of the cross both upon your forehead and upon your heart. To remind us that Jesus is not only present with us where two or three are gathered together, but he's there with us in our hearts and in our lives each and every day. In the words of Deuteronomy, when we lie down, when we get up when we walk down the road he's there he's there with us and he reminds us that we have a a father in heaven and I love the phrase Abba Father Abba Father is a wonderful phrase because it, it reminds us that we have this intimate relationship with God not a standoff relationship. When I was first in ministry, I I was introduced to a family where literally the kids had grown up calling their father Baron. Now, I don't know if he had any... Nobility or anything like that, but the kids never called him father, never called him dad or daddy. It was always barren. And there was this very distant relationship with the children. Ironically, the dad. a pastor I'm not sure he really understood Abba Father you see Abba coming to us in that, that Aramaic Hebrew language is a very intimate term which we could translate as daddy or dad Not the more formal father. What God wants with each of us as His adopted children is this intimate personal relationship where we know that we have a dad who loves us. As earthly fathers, we can fail at that from time to time, but God never fails because you see, He takes our oldest brother. Yeshua, Jesus, the one who is to inherit it all, and he sends him to a cross to suffer and die so that we can become the heirs. And so we, as human beings in this world, are no longer slaves to sin and slaves to the law, that we have been set free by our elder brother, Jesus Christ. He's the one who snaps the chains, frees us from the punishment and the the retribution of the law, and opens up eternity to us. No longer slaves to sin. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't do wrong things from time to time. Certainly, we still fall into that trap, and you all know my favorite tongue twister from Scripture. St. Paul writes it The good that I would do, that I find myself not doing, and that which I should not do, that I find myself doing. Even Paul fell into sin. But you see, we're covered with the grace of God through Christ our Savior, and just as our earthly fathers can take us in their arms and remind us that no matter what we do or what happens, that we are always loved, our God takes us into his arms and reminds us that I loved you so much that I sent your brother into this world to die in your place. Now, I don't know how many of you here are the eldest brother in your family. Anybody? Think of your siblings. Would you die for them? How much do you love them? To what length would you go? Christ died for us. His love, so deep and so overwhelming, he died so that we might be adopted fully and completely by God's grace, that the robes reserved for the eldest son might be placed upon us, those white robes of righteousness, declaring that we belong in the family, that we are his, because the eldest son made it possible You see, that's what what Paul is unfolding for the Galatians when he writes these words. In a way, it's, it's Paul's Christmas message to us. That in this fullness of time, in the right way, in the right place, God sent Jesus Christ into our hearts and into our lives. And that we, like Simeon, can say those words. My eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. For when we see the Christ child in the manger, we see salvation incarnate. And like God sent him in the fullness of time, in the right time, and in the right place then, some 2,000 years ago, God still works in the same way today in the lives of individuals. That we are the mouthpiece, we are the spokesman, we are the witnesses, the testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ to people around us.